Welcome to We Are The Protectors. I'm Andy Johnson. And in this series of podcasts, I chat with some of the BT security team to learn more about their role and more about the role that BT plays in keeping the nation safe. In this episode, I'm joined by James Todd, BT's Chief Technology Officer. James has had a long and varied career with BT, which has included creating a number of BT strategic capabilities for cyber defence to protect the company's networks and services across the globe. James, that sounds like an awful lot of responsibility. How do you cope? Well, thank you, Andy. It, it's, a, it's a large role, I must admit that. So it, I think it's, it helps a lot to have some really technically capable people within BT Security, both at the operational angle of things and also people who look at the technology that we use to, to protect our customers and ourselves from cyber attack. And interestingly, I mean, you spent an awful long while at BT, 25 years, then you left for a short while and you've come back again, all within the pandemic. Tell me about that and how it's affected what you do. Uh, well, I think it's with the role that I have and the team that, that is currently within the CTO, we, we're quite a diverse organisation anyway. So, so working remotely, we're quite used to. I think for myself, transitioning back into BT, it has helped that I know a lot of the characters around the table and the people that I work with. So I've not had to have that sort of delayed introduction into a new organization. So pretty much hit the ground running, really. And the the, uh, the communications technology that BT has for our, for our people and that, that we provide to our customers is, is really top notch. So we are able to work remotely and collaborate remotely, not only with ourselves, but also with, with our partners across the globe. The interesting thing is, though, that the actual mechanics of, of changing jobs uh, were slightly skewed, weren't they, by us all being in lockdown? That's right. I, I jokingly say that I finished one roll, closed the lid on that lock, laptop, put it in the post because I wasn't able to return it back in person and unwrap the BT laptop and open the lid on that one. So it was a very smooth transition within my home office from one job to the other. And the great thing is, as you say, having spent so long with the company initially, it's not like you've got to go around um, introducing yourself to lots of people. They already know you pretty much from the word go. That's right. There are a few new faces and a few new teams that I have needed to interact with, particularly in, in the broader BT. And BT security is very collaborative in working with our our colleagues in, in BT Global and BT Enterprise and BT Consumer. So it's more that relationship with those other teams outside of security that I've needed to reestablish as part of this role. What attracted you back to BT? Uh, well, it's a good question, and uh, and and I t it wasn't on my uh, long term personal career roadmap to to take such a short uh, hop out of BT and back in again. I think it's a uh, it's a case of the 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 vision of of BT security, the sort of reimagining of where we are uh, as being a very data centric organisation in protecting our customers, and also the role that I've stepped into as CTO is. Is, is an expanded role and the remit of that role and the technology that, that, that I'm able to work with and the vendors, partners that we've selected as our strategic, critical and uh, ecosystem vendors are it really excited me back into, into the role with BT. In layman's terms, can you explain what a chief technology officer actually does? Yeah, well, for security, the, the CTO is there to provide guidance and thought leadership in the adoption of technologies that provide insight into cybersecurity threats and the controls required to detect and mitigate cyber attacks, both indiscriminate um, wholesale large volume attacks and very targeted, sophisticated attacks against our customers and, and our own networks. And I work closely with 
colleagues across BT on the uh, integration of security technologies across our product portfolio um, and services that we provide to our customers. And also importantly with our operations team. So those people that use the technology that we're, we're discounting, discovering, evaluating, and, and, and in the end adopting within BT to making sure that the technology that we choose is aligned with operational and business objectives. Must be exciting with technology changing and developing as quickly as it is. It is, absolutely. And I think uh, the first couple of weeks back into the role, I spent a lot of time with our strategic vendor partners in understanding what their, how their portfolio has changed over the year that, uh, that I've, I've been out of, of this sort of technology-focused area. And it's interesting to see all the acquisitions that they've made uh, in, 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 in enhancing and diversifying their portfolio over that period. And talking about um, your teams, you did mention them. I know it's it's incredibly important, isn't it, to have good people around you. How many people do you have in your teams? And give me an idea of sort of roles they play. Well, the CTO function itself at the moment is relatively small. I've got about 10 direct reports that are focused on a number of security disciplines, uh, ranging from cloud security, zero trust, identity, encryption and Internet of Things security. Um, and also importantly, the, the cyber assessment lab within BT sits within within my direct team. And they're tasked with looking at future technologies and also the technologies that we want to introduce into uh, our managed security services portfolio. But I do have a much broader matrix team. As you can imagine, there are a number of people within BT security with technology roles in delivery operations, uh, the teams that look after our government um, and also our portfolio. So I'm creating a virtual team of individuals that that have a technical leadership role within those different lines of business within BT security and, and having those as, as part of, as a, as a, of a matrix team. We work on a number of initiatives and working parties around particular areas that we need as a, to, to develop further as a business. You're listening to BT's We Are The Protectors podcast. Get in the know about cybersecurity in this series of interviews with some of BT's senior security team. I'm interested to get your opinion on this. How important do you think it is to be able to delegate as somebody right at the top of the tree? Uh, very important. I don't, I don't think any of us has the bandwidth to, to be in the detail as much as we would want to. I'm a person who likes to be in the detail very much, and I think it's it's a personal challenge that I have to be able to remove myself from the detail and to delegate. But it is very important that we are able to delegate down and have the confidence that that our, the individuals in our team are both have the skills and expertise, but are also empowered to make those decisions further down. Now, I know that artificial intelligence and machine learning are playing an increasing role in cybersecurity. How are they being used at BT Security? Uh, in a number of ways, actually. So we use them, obviously, in this sort of the, the most obvious area in terms of behavioral analytics. And we use, we have a number of platforms at the moment that, that use various techniques for behavioral analysis of, of both machine and people behaviors that are anomalous to the norm. And we, we spend a lot of time in establishing that normality within BT so we can look at variances in that. One area we're looking at and investing in heavily at the moment is the role of AI and machine learning within within operational technology. So how do we how do how do we empower and make efficient the playbooks that we have within our security operations centers through ML and, and AI techniques? BT in general are investing heavily in, in AI and ML, and we're also working with partners across the business in how we can co-develop and co-innovate across common techniques that are beneficial to both security and other parts of BT. 
Now, I realise as soon as I answered or asked this question, the, the answer may have changed because technology is moving on so quickly. But I wonder what you'd say the most significant advance in cybersecurity is that's happened as a result of the rise of AI. Cybersecurity is 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 underpinned by the the variance and quality and volume of data that, that we have available to us to to both detect anomalous behaviour, investigate um, uh, breaches and other compromises within the network. But the volume of that data is just too much for for any uh, operational operational team to deal with. So the advances in being able to go from large volumes of data to to a smaller volume of information that is pertinent to attack that's also been contextualized is a real important gain i think in terms of where machine learning particularly is assisted with with cyber defense operations because it's such a massive market the cyber security one i wonder what approach bt security takes to selecting security technologies and also choosing your strategic partners so we have a we have a number of set criteria. So so selection of partners uh, resides firmly with with our portfolio teams and and my team, particularly the cyber assessment lab, help in the assessment of those of those technologies. So our selection of strategic partners is both drawn from best of breed within the market and independently assessed from ourselves, but also the strategic partnerships that they have that those organisations have with with wider BT. And again, leveraging that economies of scale in that if we have a strategic partner globally across BT, it makes absolute sense that they are also a strategic partner with, within BT security if the capabilities they have in the security sphere are, again, best of breed and also um, compatible with the rest of our portfolio. I guess one of the main things that attracted you coming back to BT, where you worked for so long before you, you, your brief um, move elsewhere, was that it has a global reputation, doesn't it? And that's not only going to help you, but it's going to help attract exciting new partners and people to work with. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, BT has got a strong history in research and innovation that stretches back to the 60s and 70s and, and before then to the Second World War as part of the GPO, in particularly around innovation, around uh, security and security techniques. So is that part of that global brand is, is one of the things that, that definitely re attracted me to come back to, to BT and also why I spent such a long time uh, with BT previously. I, I joined BT as an apprentice uh, some few years ago and uh, have worked in a number of areas of, of, of BT from uh, access networks, so early days of broadband through data centers and eventually into security. So, so the the global brand that BT has not only as a communications provider, but a secure communications service provider, is is something that definitely attracted me back to the company. I mean, what an exciting period in history for you to be involved in this this major global company. I mean, twenty five years plus now you've worked there. The changes you've seen in that time are almost too much to even contemplate, aren't they? Absolutely. I mean, when, when I joined as an apprentice, uh, most of the work that, that BT were doing were was 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 in was in software and hardware. And the R and D site for BT is only a few minutes down the road for me. And that site in itself is evident of of how BT as an organization has changed over the years. It's gone from from the majority of workspace being laboratories and test beds to to offices and 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 like many companies, we, that site has changed significantly over over the years as a result of that. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, it, it's uh, it's an interesting question. And 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 as an organisation, we've we've gone from from providing telef telephony and network services through to cybersecurity 
TV and other services that you wouldn't have expected us to 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 have provided even as short as twenty years ago. But but that's what I really like about BT. It's an innovative company, and and it's not shy of of, of innovating and sharing that innovation and knowledge. You're listening to BT's We Are the Protectors podcast. Get in the know about cybersecurity in this series of interviews with some of BT's senior security team. Almost impossible question, but I'll ask it anyway. What do you think is the most important innovation that's come out in, in the time you've been with the company? <laughs> I'm just trying to think. <laughs> that, is a, uh, that, that is a difficult question. I think there's been so many. I'm just trying to think, actually. I mean, I think... If I if I draw back to an early part of my career, I think the fact that the investment that BT has made in 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 fiber optics and the the areas that we've looked at in order to get to the point where it, it's much more publicly visible now. So so fiber broadband is is a key in part a key part of where we are today with with remote working and, and people having to to work from home as part of COVID nineteen, but also as part of growing the UK economy. And when early in my career, we were looking at things like blown fiber optics, which was which is which is around how do you get fiber optics through to remote parts of the UK quickly and, and expediently through through existing ducts. So I think even things as 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 commonplace as they are uh, considered right now in the in the world, that, that sort of you wouldn't have thought that that would have been innovative a few years ago. But but really, it's laid the foundation for where we are today. And also, if you think back when you started all those years ago, if, if you'd started to, to try and describe some of the things that are happening now, people probably would have wanted to lock you up and put you in a padded cell, wouldn't they? Because things have changed just so enormously beyond recognition. And the great thing is, as far as you're concerned, and you know, BT as a global concern is concerned, the technology is just keeping on developing quite rapidly. And that's right. I mean, another part of my, my career was in researching uh, areas of interactive television for for domestic use and also uh, use within hotel chains and 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 we that was super innovative innovative at the time and i think almost too ahead of the market in terms of it being adopted uh, even with small volumes of bandwidth that we know and love today and and enjoy today at home so so they think as an as an organization it's not scared of being ahead of the curve um, but equally, we're not afraid of failing and, and, and recognizing our failures, but also revisiting that. I mean, the, the advances that, that BT have made with BTTV now are, are built on that foundation of, of that work we were doing so many years ago around, around interactive television that, that, that paused for a few years and has now come back in anger. Would that be the thing you'd say is the thing you're proudest of that you've worked on? Um, I don't, I mean, yes, I think it, it, it's something to be proud of, but I think the, the thing that I'm most proud of, I think is, is the, the platforms that we've created within, within BT security. We, we have the luxury in BT security with working with both commercial customers and also government customers. And I think that an excellent thing that we've done is being able to take from both of those areas and bring that together in terms of cybersecurity capabilities that that are or were at the time ahead of the market. Um, and we invested heavily in that ourselves, but we're now starting to see those capabilities that we built at the time becoming more commonplace in, in vendor technology. So we're now working closely and collaboratively with our vendors in order to take the capabilities and the experience we have in terms of, of integrating uh, security technology, but then for us to innovate on top of 
vendor technology rather than having to invent or create that technology ourselves. Looking forward, as you always have to do in, in your line of work, what do you think is the next big development in AI and data science likely to be regarding to improving cybersecurity for people? Uh, I think it's going to be accessibility. At the moment, uh, AI and machine learning is is very much uh, is an expensive topic, um, particularly in, in in preparing data and getting data to in a in a in a format that that the AI and, and ML can make sense of, and also understanding the data that is available to you. So, it's not a small undertaking to make that that the AI and ML work effectively within an organization. So I think accessibility and ease of consumption, I think, is going to be the key next step for for AI and ML. What do you think the biggest misconception is that people have about data science and artificial intelligence? I think just just expanding on on what I just said, I think the misconception is that you can plug ML and AI into an environment and it will deliver immediate operational benefit to you. Um, you really need to understand the environment that that you're placing into. Have some very clear outset objectives around what you're trying to achieve with machine learning and, and AI, and and really select the technologies that are appropriate to your business. So I think the misconception is that it's an easy to consume technology. It needs to be underpinned with business objective and also an understanding of the data that you need and the data that's available to you to make those technologies really work. Can you understand how some people feel quite wary? about these new newish technologies in that they're worried what's happening to their data and how much of it is being absorbed or shared elsewhere. Absolutely. And I think there are there are a number of techniques that that we can bring to bear to 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 address some of those concerns, but equally that doesn't really mitigate or or go a huge way in 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 convincing people that that their their data and their information is not going to be used for purposes that it wasn't originally captured for. And there's regulation and 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 legal precedents around around protecting that, that 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 we have to adhere to. But when we move into a commercial space, it's it's easier for us to be able to identify security event information that is pertinent to particular analytical requirement. And we work very closely with our customers in order to both identify the data where it resides currently and, and how we acquire and store and process that in a very safe manner. One of the big things that, that we have to deal with in, in, in today's world of, uh, of distributed networks and cloud computing is around data sovereignty and whether we have to handle and process data within particular territories in, in different ways. So that, so that is a key consideration for us, not only in terms of processing, but also in terms of how we construct and build the cyber security infrastructure that we have for ourselves and for our customers. I was going to say, it's something that's very, very important, isn't it? We talked right at the beginning about the strategic capabilities for cyber defence that are protecting BT's networks and services, and they're things that you're constantly having to look at and presumably constantly having to update to avoid being hacked or attacked yourselves. That's right. And and we within security, security we, we have a very strong uh, mantra in the fact that protecting VT and also the operations team that do that are effectively our number one client for cybersecurity capability. It, that helps us to both build and articulate our services around a genuine real world scenario and also working with world leading operative uh, operations teams within BT security to, to help shape and develop that for us. So by treating them as our primary customer, we we have all, already proven the capability that, that we want to take to our customers uh, more wholesale across across the world. 
So in other words, if you can say it's working for us and we're a massive global brand, it's far easier for you to sell it on to other people. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it, and it helps us to sort of test and validate those operational requirements that we have. So we're not designing technology for technology's sake. We are we are designing capabilities and services that, that have a real impact to us as an organization. And, and we can tell that story to our customers. You're listening to BT's We Are The Protectors podcast. Get in the know about cybersecurity in this series of interviews with some of BT's senior security team. What's the biggest challenge in your role at the moment? Uh, I think it's uh, there's two things really: navigating all of the technology that's out there at the moment and the capabilities that, that we have from a, a, a diverse range of vendors. So being able to understand the value and the potentially unique capability that 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 sea of technology and, and capabilities provide to us as an organisation and how we convert that into managed services for for our customers and the other important one and i've touched on this slightly before is the fact that making sense of all the data that's out there and and its relevance to to both us in protecting our organization and also the relevance that that it has to our customers and that's really a key part of of my current role and some of the key projects that i'm looking on is how we effectively use that data and we are able to differentiate our products and services through the both the data that's available to us as a as a huge data processing organization and also the understanding of the value of data that the, our customers have within their networks and how we convert that into um, visibility of cyber attack and also as a means to effectively enforce control uh, within their within their environments and when they're subject to attack. How has the pandemic affect what, affected what you do both personally and professionally? I I think it's impacted me mostly is that that I, I do like to collaborate face to face, particularly when we are kicking off new ideas and, and, and working on, on new initiatives. It it really does help to be in the same room and being able to collaborate around a whiteboard. I'm a little bit old fashioned in that sense, but the technology that we have today allows us to do that remotely so that's not a a huge impact i think personally um i'm i'm used to traveling quite a lot as part of 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 my role so so the to the, the lack of travel is is both uh beneficial in the fact that i'm not away from home so much but it, i also do like that aspect in, in getting out and uh, and and seeing new people and, and new experiences in, in relation to the role. And I think one thing for us is that we, we're quite an outgoing family. So, so everything that we normally would have in our calendar around this time has been, has been cancelled, which has, has quite an impact on uh, my wife and children. Now, you've worked for the company for so many years. You've come back. You've talked about the challenges and the excitement that's, that's given you. I wonder what surprises you most about your role since you've come back. I think it's really, I mean, what, surpri- so what surprises me around the security industry as a whole, and, and, and it also has an impact on this role, is, is the short amount of time that it takes for a really good idea to gather momentum. And then conversely against that is the, is the length of time that it, that it takes for that good idea to become adopted. So I think it's really good in the fact that that we as an organisation and our colleagues and partners are able to come up with excellent ideas in terms of advancing cybersecurity for the for the greater good. Um, but we 
it takes time for those to mature and 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 get out there in the wild and i think one example i would would give around that is the adoption of mitre attack and how that's used in the industry and is is gaining such a great deal of momentum now, which is really good news for us. We, we were an early adopter of that taxonomy in terms of articulating how attackers and adversaries were, were targeting us and our customers, moving to more of a reactionary um, following the indicator of compromise to really doubling down on being able to observe behaviours of adversaries and how we respond to that and use that information to to evolve our, our cyber defence capabilities. But is it, going from is that it a early combination adopter, of... Um... I was going to say, sorry to interrupt, is it a combination of both excitement and fear that you're constantly having to stay one step ahead of these people and you're constantly having to try and outwit them? I think there's, I think there's an element of that, but that, that's also an element of, of excitement, really. I think it, um, it, if, if, you, if you had a static adversary, then I think we would all be dealing with the, the same thing. I think the fact that, that adversaries and their tactics and techniques evolve over time is is really why people stay in the industry and, and people move around the industry. So for, so working in that operational space, I'm really able to understand how adversaries operate on a day-to-day basis and coming out of that world and into, into a different discipline within cybersecurity and bringing that knowledge with them is really why I think there there is a high degree of te- retention within the security industry and also great opportunity to, to move around. And looking again at the the length of your career with BT, with that short break in between, I wonder what the best piece of advice you were given was when you first joined the company. And I wonder when you look at mentoring less experienced colleagues, what's the best advice you give them now? Um, Okay, so I think uh, the best advice that I would give to, 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 to mentoring people is to be inquisitive. Um, always look uh, for new opportunities and always be interested in, in what's going on around you, because what's happening today is not going to be the same as is happening tomorrow in weeks, months, years time. Right. So, so be inquisitive around what's moving, what's, what's, what's going to be the next big thing. Um, and I think as part of that is, is also don't be afraid to to ask stupid questions no one is expecting you to be the smartest person in the room or be the expert in everything early in your career so so don't don't sit there in silence and and wonder what is going on and what's being discussed in that room ask those what you perceive to be stupid questions nine times out of ten they won't be stupid and and you'll you'll get the answers from around the table that will help grow your knowledge and experience and confidence you've obviously had a very exciting and very fulfilling career which is ongoing and I presume you you would certainly say to people, look, have a look at BT. It's a great place to come and work. There's very exciting work to be had here. Absolutely, and I, and and it's the diversity of the, of the organisation, really. I mean, I, I didn't start off as a security career. It's something that uh, evolved over time. Um, I think, as I said, it it happened because I was working in 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 the application hosting space of BT at the time, and and as part of that, I started looking at securing the infrastructure around those uh, the the securing the infrastructure around those applications and and from that got interested in in cybersecurity or information security as it was known at the time and and moved that from there into um protecting uh, BT's government clients and then out from that into uh, the more commercial 
global cybersecurity practice that that I led for some time. So it it is an organization where there is a huge amount of diversity. And and I've known colleagues who've started in security and gone out to work for for other parts of BT as well. It is a large organization with lots of interesting things going on. And when you do look back, when you have time to look back, which is infrequent, I should imagine, because you're very busy, at where you started and where you've you've got to now, um, do you feel excited, proud? What, how would you describe that? Uh, I would I would describe it as both excited and and proud. I think in in terms of where the organisation is going uh, and the the initiatives that we have uh, across BT, and and as I said, that that security is across all of these strategic initiatives that, that, that BTF running at the moment. So there's a huge amount of excitement there for, for us as a company and also as BT security. And I think massively proud in, in the things that, that, that BT do have done in the past and are doing now as a result of the global pandemic and other things that we sponsor and have, have been involved in. I, I was lucky enough to be in, involved in BT's program team for for London 2012 and that was such a community spirit around that not just within BT but also within the other partners around the Olympic Games so so there are there is a continuous sense of pride but coming together across those big initiatives and uh, events is is something that that BT is really good at and really good at uh, welcoming and include inclusivity around that Thanks very much for chatting to us. Enjoy your new role back in the, the old company again. Lots of exciting things to go for there. And, and good luck with the cars and, and keeping them on the, uh, on the racetrack. Thanks very much, Andy. You've been listening to We Are The Protectors with me, Andy Johnson. My thanks to James Todd for joining me today. Look out for the next episode when I'll be chatting to Sophia Azizan. Sophia is a penetration tester, otherwise known as a white hat hacker in BT's offensive security team. It should be another fascinating conversation. If you've been inspired to learn more about security roles at BT, check out the careers website at bt.com forward slash security career. Thanks for listening and goodbye for now.